I want to take a second to share with you all my favorite snack company. You know how sometimes you're not sure if you want sweet or salty and you kind of want something that accomplishes both in one bite? For me, that's when I always grab the peanut butter chocolate bites from Raw Eddie's. Raw Eddie's was founded by a dear friend of mine, Caitlin, who wanted a treat that also powers your brain. Raw Eddie's snacks are vegan and gluten-free with adaptogens to boost your brain health. I personally love the peanut butter bites, but also the chocolate chip cookies. They are perfectly soft. Try your new favorite snack at raweddies.com. That's R-A-W-E-D-D-Y-S dot com and use Sideline Edit for 20% off your entire order. Happy snacking. You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hey everyone, I'm your host Emily and welcome to Sideline Edit. Here I'll be curating and breaking down what's trending in the world of sports on and off the field. I'll leave you with just the right amount of information so that you can join in on any sports conversation and not feel totally lost. You'll know what the big game of the week was, what event to be on the lookout for next, what team is hot, who had the best game day fit, because trust me, the game day fashion is elite. And I'll also just be filling you in on who some of these main characters are so that you can get a better understanding of why I and so many other people out there are just so obsessed with the world of sports. And I always say I truly think sports are the best reality TV out there. And so I'm excited for you to see that too. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, happy Monday, and welcome back to Sideline Edit. We are here for a Super Bowl 58 episode. What a game, what a night. I am glad I didn't record this right after the game because I was a little bit more in my feels about it than I expected. I think for either team, it would have been a really, really tough way to lose that game. And I think that game just was kind of a rough game to watch in a few different ways. Nobody was just like super in a groove. It wasn't, I would say, a fun, exciting game to watch, but I kind of loved that about it. Like there was a grind to it that I don't feel like you always see in Super Bowl games. The first thing I want to touch on is just like the atmosphere and the pop cultureness of the Super Bowl. And honestly, just how like special and unique it is because as like our culture and media shifts from, you know, this primetime culture where everyone's watching the same thing at 8 p.m. a certain night of the week, now with streaming, that like camaraderie of watching stuff at the same time I feel like it's just getting rarer and rarer because you can just watch things on demand at any time. But with sports, there is just an urgency to obviously watch it live. And so there's fewer and fewer times where everybody's sitting down and watching the same thing. That's something special about the Super Bowl. To have over 100 million people all sitting down experiencing the same thing, 
people tuning in that frankly don't care at all about football. I was at a Super Bowl party with friends and there were people that didn't even know what teams were playing against each other. So weaved into our culture. And I think it makes it really, really special. There are fewer times that we have that, like on an annual basis. It's just so rare. And I've shared this stat like a million times. But last year, 97 of the 100 top viewed TV programs were NFL games. Sports are becoming more aligned with pop culture. And obviously, we have like the Taylor Swift of it all. Even without that, it's just getting rarer and rarer to have these opportunities for the whole country to be tuning into something. And so I just wanted to take a second to like acknowledge that specialness about, about the Super Bowl. And with that, I want to touch on the celebrities and everybody who goes to the Super Bowl who, again, maybe don't care about Super Bowl any other weekend of the year, but then they're a celebrity. They go to it. It's the event to go to. And that's something that even players and teams talk about is that during the regular season, if you're playing at home, you obviously have that home field advantage. You have all your fans filling up the stadium and you have like that extra boost of having your fans there. And then when you play at an away game, you have their fans who are so passionate about their team that that also gives you a boost of of motivation. Whereas in the Super Bowl, Yes, you have people there that are cheering for the teams, but you don't have your people. It's not the same atmosphere. A lot of times it's just people who can afford to be there who are going there because it's an event to go to. And so the atmosphere is just different. I don't want to say that it doesn't have its like wholesomeness to it of having diehard fans there, but it's just a different vibe. Players talk about that a lot, about how going through the playoffs and everything, everybody's just so passionate and the people that are there are just so passionate about being there. And then you get to the Super Bowl, you lose that a little bit with just having it be this event that celebrities and wealthy people want to go to, having it be this status event. Which, of course, also lends itself to being something that people want to watch. They want to see, you know, Justin and Hailey Bieber in the stands and see the Kardashians. And, you know, Jay-Z's always going to be there and Beyonce because Jay-Z's involved with the Super Bowl. And so it's part of seeing, like, who's there? What are they wearing? And obviously, as much as I love sports, I also love that different people come to watch the Super Bowl for different reasons. There are people there just to watch the halftime show, people there to watch the commercials, like I said, the celebrities wanting to tune in to what everybody else is tuning into. There's just so many reasons to watch it. And I appreciate anybody who's tuning in for any reason. I just think it's fun to be able to like enter a world that maybe you're not normally into, but you get to experience it in just such a cool way. And I kind of want to dive into the commercials and the halftime show and then dive into the game. I feel like it's too tricky for me to like jump in back and forth between these. And so let's go ahead and start with the commercials. I feel like there were mixed feelings about the commercials. There was a decent amount of 
emotional ones, which I don't think I was expecting. No one agrees on like good commercials, bad commercials, but I feel like they were pretty good. (laughs) And so I'm interested to see what you all thought about them. I do think it's funny how as you get a little bit older, you start to realize like, oh, I feel like this is getting targeted towards me more. The Usher halftime show, you feel that. And even with the commercials, having the cast of Suits in multiple commercials to me was a little wild. A show that ended not recently. Being in Super Bowl commercials, I'm like, good for them, you know, good for them getting to have their moment again. I love that we got new music from Beyonce out of it. I think very few people can have a moment like that in the Super Bowl and steal the show a little bit, but if anyone could do it, it's Beyonce. I mean, Tom Brady got to have his moment to shine. This is our last season before Tom Brady is a commentator. This is his last time to kind of get to be like fun Tom Brady. So I like that he got to dive into the action too. And then for the halftime show, I was excited about Usher. I was excited to see who he would bring on with him. I know some people were hoping that Justin Bieber would be part of it all, but he was sitting in a box cheering him on. I loved at the beginning how he really leaned into the Vegas of it all because I think that's something unique you can do with the Super Bowl is lean into wherever they're playing and with him doing his Vegas residency. I just thought that was like the perfect way to start it. I loved his initial Dolce & Gabbana outfit. I honestly liked all of his outfits. He went back and forth between Dolce & Gabbana and then Off-White. I definitely think this is up there with some of my favorite. I mean, watching him do that footwork on the football field, on the grass, wild, considering we had seen Dre Greenlaw injure himself, hurt his Achilles walking on that field, wild that he was able to do all that footwork. There's just a quality to performers that you know they can put on a show and that is who you need for the Super Bowl. You need somebody like that and I feel like Usher delivered all of the guests. Alicia Keys also in Dolce & Gabbana looked amazing. Having Luda, Lil Jon, all the people. I feel like the timing of everybody coming in and out was so good. The camera work, can we take a second to acknowledge the people filming that? Such a good job. The roller skating, I mean, I feel like this is one that I will remember for some time. And again, he just looks like he was having the time of his life. If you follow Sideline Edit on Instagram, you know I am obsessed with the Huga House hats. They are the perfect, and I mean perfect, oversized, trucker-style, vintage-inspired hats that are the best quality. You probably know that I have multiple of these hats at this point. They also have these super cozy vintage-inspired t-shirts, and they're just the best of the best. Not only do I wear these hats, but also people like Aaron Rodgers, Nastia Lugan, and Josh Allen have been seen wearing these hats because they're just that good. Go ahead and try them out for that perfect oversized fit. It's just that casual vibe that when you want to have a hat day, 
this is the hat that I always reached for. To give my favorite hat a try, head over to hugahouse.com. That's H-U-E-G-A-H-O-U-S-E.com and use the code SIDELINE for 15% off your order. And when you get your hat and you're obsessed, tag me because I want to see which one you got. And now I feel like I have to get into the actual game. But one thing I knew going into this game was not to underestimate that this was going to be a defensive game. Because I think with these teams, like I've noted before, there are so many stars. There are so many playmakers, but also the defenses are just so good. And I think this is one of the Super Bowls where the defenses had to keep the other team in check so that they didn't run away with it. And I think that is kind of why this Super Bowl felt a little bit more of a grind than other Super Bowls and why you didn't have all these, you know, exciting plays and touchdown celebrations and all the things because these defenses had to be so on it. And I think for some people who maybe don't watch a lot of football, that can be not as exciting to watch, but I feel like it's even harder. It is so hard for a defense to be able to watch an offense and react so effectively to stopping them. And teams will have spies. And so there will be somebody on the defense who they call their spy. And basically their job is just to watch the quarterback and try to pick up like cues and signals to be able to better predict what play is going to be happening and how that defense can react. And so for some, it might not have been the most exciting, but I appreciate this type of Super Bowl because it just talks to how good these teams are and like this higher level of strategy that sometimes doesn't always get showcased like this. And with that, that is why we had a low scoring game and why it was kind of like a slow start and why the kickers had to be so on it. I was very nervous for Moody, the kicker of the 49ers. The kicker for the Chiefs, I talked about in my last week episode, is just so good. And in games like this, it really makes a difference. And with the 49ers missing that extra point, we knew that was going to come back and haunt them. Both teams just did a really good job of shutting down the other team's offense. And even with the 49ers leading most of that game, it never felt like they were in control of the game. And I think that's something that when you play the Kansas City Chiefs, we have learned that you can't do that. Like you cannot feel comfortable. They like coming back. They like having this underdog mentality, but saying, oh, we aren't actually underdogs. You really couldn't get too comfortable. And I think the Chiefs also kept them in a range the whole time where they knew that nothing was a done deal. Both teams, both defenses did a really good job of keeping the tight ends under wrap and so controlling Travis Kelsey. And then for the 49ers, the fact that the Chiefs really controlled George Kittle. And so I feel like that was huge for both sides. 
you could just tell that both teams are well coached, obviously, and studied the other team so well. Again, speaking to how good the defenses were. And you can look at their stats from other games and see like how impactful the offenses are. But most of those games, if not like 75% of those games, they're playing against a worse team. And so they're not playing against as strong as the defense. And so the offenses are going to shine more. Whereas when you're more evenly matched up, you're not going to have games like that. Obviously, when each of these teams are playing teams with worse defenses, you're going to have a crazy Travis Kelsey day because they're not going to be able to block him. But with these teams more evenly matched, it's not it's not what you're used to seeing because most of the time, Travis Kelsey can, you know, run whatever route he wants, doesn't even have to have a play and makes a play. But with the 49ers, they're good enough to not let that happen. And for the 49ers, I feel like the person who made a big difference was Fred Warner. On the defense, he was the one who was doing a lot of those matchups with Travis Kelsey. And part of me when watching the game was like, if the 49ers win this game, obviously Christian McCaffrey is in talks for MVP, which I think he would have he would have gotten it. But Fred Warner, he did so much behind the scenes to make sure that Travis Kelsey didn't run away with anything. But of course, as we know, we end up in overtime, only our second overtime of the Super Bowls ever. And this was the first time that we had the new overtime rules for the postseason. And this really came to be after all the Bills and Chiefs overtime playoff games and the stress of that and how basically losing the coin toss would lose you the game. Before, whoever won the coin toss got the ball first, essentially. And if you scored first, the game was over. Whereas now, both teams have a chance to score. And so this basically allows the coin toss to not mean as much, which makes sense because the coin toss is just luck. And so because of this, even though the 49ers won the coin toss and scored, granted it was just a field goal though, not a touchdown, now the Chiefs had a chance to score. One of the things that's going to keep Kyle Shanahan up at night is whether or not he should have gone for a touchdown versus a field goal. And it's hard because obviously the Chiefs ended up getting a touchdown anyway. And you have, you know, your strong defense. And it was the smart move to go ahead and go for the field goal because in theory, your defense just has to shut them out and then you win the game. But again, it's Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. You just, you can't count them out. And Kyle Shanahan was one of the coaches on the Falcons team who lost to the Patriots in the only other overtime we've had in the Super Bowl and now loses again here in this overtime. And the Chiefs are like the kings of overtime, whereas Josh Allen is the opposite. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills has never won an overtime game and has been in a decent amount of them, whereas Patrick Mahomes wins in overtime. He wins, period, but then he knows how to turn it on 
in the moment, make a play, and that is exactly what they did to win the game. Again, I feel like for either team, it would have been a heartbreaking loss, but for the 49ers to lose again to the same team just a few years later is definitely rough. There were definitely mistakes on both sides, both teams, and I feel like just falling, coming up short is so so rough. They still have such a strong team. I'm pretty sure they're already favored to win the Super Bowl next year again, which is just wild. Obviously, we have the Chiefs. They're already speaking out going for a three-peat. They would be the first team to ever win three Super Bowls in a row if they can do it. And they're creating a dynasty. We are experiencing watching firsthand this Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs dynasty being created. And it is just wild to me how quickly we transitioned from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes. We had no downtime. We had no time without one of them in the league. It was literally just a handoff from one to the other and that we're we're into the new chapter. I mean, the person who gave Patrick Mahomes his loss in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady. And so I think there's a lot of people out there being like, where is Tom when we need him? But this is how it happens. I always say, think about Peyton Manning. And if Tom Brady didn't exist, like how much more Peyton Manning probably would have won in his career. And he's so young. He's 28. And so we have some time. I don't think he'll be playing in the league as long as Tom Brady. And granted, there were obviously years where Tom didn't win a Super Bowl, but it just feels like that's kind of where we're headed again. One thing I do want to note about this game is that we didn't have any controversial calls from this referee crew. And I feel like if you've been listening to the podcast We've had some rough refereeing in the league this year and last year. And so at least having the Super Bowl, getting to stay out of that controversy and not having like a specific play that we felt like went the wrong way and lost the team a game. I appreciate that because this is how it should be. Like we shouldn't have these controversial calls that are making such a difference, especially when we have the technology that we now have. And so I did appreciate that that was not part of this game because that can easily steal the show. And nobody wants that. Either team, whether it made you win or lose, it diminishes who won and who lost. And we don't need that in the Super Bowl. And of course, I feel like I can't wrap up this episode without mentioning the Taylor and Travis of it all. I personally thought this was Taylor Swift's best outfit. She's worn to a game. I thought she looked great. And so I loved the outfit. I do think we saw her probably too much, but if Travis had had a better game, we would have seen her even more. We obviously all saw Travis Kelsey's anger towards Andy Reid during the game. I think the Kansas City Chiefs personally get a lot of passes for things like that because they are this dynasty. Not I don't even want to say in the making. Like they are at this point. And a lot of other players on other teams 
we would not be laughing it off like people are doing. But again, they kind of get a pass for some things. We got that moment that so many people wanted. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey celebrating on the field. I feel like that could be the photo of 2024 already just in pop culture. And so it all came to fruition. I feel like people always talk about how the NFL scripted last year. Obviously, we had Kelsey versus Kelsey. Everyone felt like that was scripted. And now with this, people think this is scripted. And I think it just goes to show that sports are truly the best reality TV out there. It is wild just how things happen in the way that you can truly never expect. I'm personally already excited for next season, the 2024 season. We're going to have the draft and there are a lot of exciting quarterbacks in the draft this year, which I can't wait to get into. It's just the end of this season, but we have next season. We have Formula One to look into. We have so much coming up. And so NFL coverage will still be here. I still have a lot to talk about, about coaching changes, when players start getting traded around. Again, the draft is going to be so major. And so just because this has ended, it hasn't. It is just the beginning of next year. And I truly cannot wait. As always, thank you so, so much for tuning in. It means the world to me. And I will see you all next Monday. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.